On today's episode, a tough night for the Chicago Blackhawks defense led to a 5-2 loss to the division rival St. Louis Blues. In particular, not a good night for Caleb Jones or Alec Regula, as the Hawks have now lost eight of their last 10 games. I'll get into all of that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Thursday, November 17th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, which would be greatly appreciated. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Go and follow the show right now and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to go and watch the video version of today's episode on YouTube. Each and every episode moving forward, folks, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so yet, make sure to go and check that out. And also go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It's free. It only takes two seconds and it'll really help me out tremendously. I would greatly appreciate that as well. Be sure to go and smash the like button on this video and go and ring the bell. Turn on those push notifications too, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube every day. All right, enough of that. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Last night, The Chicago Blackhawks were back in action at the United Center once again for the first matchup this season against the hated division rival St. Louis Blues. Although, to be honest, I don't love saying this as a Blackhawks fan, but it really hasn't been a rivalry since St. Louis knocked the Blackhawks out of the playoffs in the first round of 2016. Really, the Blackhawks haven't found any success at all against the Blues in the last five, six years. It's been very frustrating. And that kind of happened again last night. In the preview episode leading up to this matchup, I talked about how, you know, the Blackhawks, anyone see that fuzz just kind of dancing around there? Caught my eye. Um, Anyways, heading into this episode or into this game, I talked about how, you know, the Blackhawks had kind of been struggling as of late. The Blues went through that, you know, notable eight-game losing skid, but since had rattled off three impressive victories in a row, looking to make it four in a row against the Blackhawks. And I I thought the Hawks, you know, right out of the gate in the first period, the first five, six minutes, they had some really good looks to get on the board. Unfortunately, they just couldn't cash them in. Jordan Bennington with a couple big-time saves in the first period, two of which uh, came on Andreas Athanasiu, who... Did find some success on Bennington a little bit later, which I'll talk about here in just a moment. But uh, unfortunately, the Blackhawks gave up the first goal of the game. Once again, Callie Rosen, a harmless shot from the point, winds up banking off of Alec Regula right out in front of Arvid Soderblom uh, and getting past him to give the Blues a 1-0 lead. That was the 12th time in 16 games this season 
that the Blackhawks gave up the first goal. And whenever I do crossover episodes or whenever I'm doing previews for a game and I'm giving my predictions, I don't like to say just the generic things, oh, score the first goal and that type of stuff. But when the Blackhawks have only scored the first goal four times through their first 16 games, they're doing it in 25% of their games so far this year. I think that really has to be something they focus on because while they did have success playing from behind early on in the season and had a lot of comeback victories, I think we all know this isn't a team that's, you know, meant to, uh, that that's not built to have long-term success that way. If anything, the Blackhawks were overachieving in those first six, seven, eight games of the season. And now after this five to two loss to the St. Louis Blues, we're, we're kind of seeing uh, the team we thought we were going to get at the beginning of the year. Things are finally starting to come back down to earth. Some Blackhawks fans out there, if you were worried about this Blackhawks team being too good, uh, I don't think you're going to have too many issues about that moving forward. I still don't think they're going to be the worst team in the NHL, but they're definitely not as good as some people were thinking they were going to be after uh, that 4-2-0 and start. But yeah, definitely need to work on scoring the first goal. Uh, second period, too. It was a lot of back and forth action, honestly, just utter chaos going on in the second period. I think there were four goals scored in five minutes, uh, but it, it felt like it was Jeremy Colleton still coaching the Blackhawks in these instances because whenever they dug themselves a little bit closer, Andreas Athanasiu with both goals for the Blackhawks, by the way, last night, one on a breakaway with a beautiful backhand forehand move to beat Bennington. And then the other one uh, came on an odd man rush where he just blew it past Bennington's blocker side. Uh, but every time the Blackhawks scored a goal, uh, every time Andreas Athanasiu scored a goal, one step back, another step or one step forward, another step back, I should say. Uh, I think the real difference maker was that shorthanded goal that Ryan O'Reilly scored an irresponsible pass by Patrick Kane in the offensive zone. Gives the Blues an odd man rush going the other way, and giving up shorties has been an issue for the Blackhawks in the past couple of weeks. That one really changed the tides. The Blackhawks had a chance to tie up the game, uh, and they wound up going back down by two again. So that, that was kind of the killer. The Blackhawks, every time they, you know, took a step forward in the second period, uh, the Blues answered right back to regain that lead. And then in the third, it was kind of uh, all said and done at that point. Blackhawks weren't getting much going on in the third period, uh, and they lose for the eighth time in their last 10 games. Before I kind of get into some of the things that I, I believe are some of the players, some of the particular things that cost the Blackhawks last night, not just you know, sloppiness in the second period. I do want to talk about a few positives. Got to mention Andreas Athanasiu, folks, because it's evident each and every game, whether it's on the top line with Patrick Kane and Max Domi, like he was to start the year. Now he's been moved down on the second line with Taves and Taylor Radish. He gets his scoring opportunities night in and night out. And I actually have a tweet pulled up here that Mark Lazarus of The Athletic brought to my attention earlier. Uh, and of course, right when I want to go pull it up, it goes away. I found it here though. So Jack Hughes currently leads the NHL in scoring chances off the rush or shots off the rush, I believe. Um, Jack Hughes leads, leads the NHL with 17. Andres Athanasiu is tied for third with 15. So in transition, Andres Athanasiu is utilizing his speed, doing what we know he does best, separating himself from defensemen, finding open space, and giving himself looks. Last night, he was able to convert on them in the second period. Two goals now gives him five on the season. He really could have had 
three or four last night, honestly. Uh, he was probably the best Blackhawk, I thought, at least from my vantage, my vantage point at the game. But yeah, Andres Athanasio, we're through 16 games now, right? Yeah, 16 games now. He's basically getting one good quality look in transition every game. And, you know, those are some of the best numbers in the entire NHL. It's just about what is he going to do with those. Kind of been the story throughout his career thus far. We know that speed, those wheels are going to give him opportunities. It's just whether or not he can bury them. It's been kind of hit or miss so far this year, but hopefully that big performance last night can keep him going because um, undoubtedly the Blackhawks are going to be trying to trade him at this year's deadline. And if he can continue to capitalize on those opportunities, uh, the Blackhawks might be able to fully maximize on a return for Andreas Athanasiu when the time comes. So big night for Andreas Athanasiu last night against the Blues, which was great to see. Uh, unfortunately, the rest of the Hawks offense didn't do a whole lot beside him. But that second line of he, Jonathan Taves, and Taylor Radish were really good. Uh, Taylor Radish could have had two or three goals last night. Jonathan Taves could have had a couple as well. Uh, they were they were really good, and I definitely think Luke Richardson should keep that trio together moving forward. They've been they've been producing in these past two games, or they've been getting their looks at least. Um, Taylor Radish, I don't know what happened to him last night. Like it just it felt like he made every wrong decision. Um, whenever he got a scoring look, there was a two on no in front where he just tried to make the extra pass to Jonathan Taves a little bit unnecessary, simplify the game. Good things are going to come. Taylor Radish, you've been getting looks. That line's been moving the puck well, getting opportunities off the cycle in the offensive zone. Uh, and hopefully more finished product will be coming here in these next few games. The Blackhawks could really use it with only nine goals in seven games so far here in the month of November. All right, Blackhawks fans, there is kind of my quick rundown of the Hawks' 5-2 loss to the St. Louis Blues last night. Coming up in just a moment, I will touch on some of the more negative takeaways that I had from this contest. But first, I do need to talk to you all real quick about Built Bar, which is the, pro the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And there are some new amazing flavors out right now. Built's got cookie dough topper. Coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, on top of all their amazing holiday flavors that they have coming in right now. They have a white chocolate peppermint granola bar, which is built take on a granola bar. It's a little bit more filling, but still incredibly tasty, like all the rest of the bars. They also got candy cane brownie coming in, and that's a built bar puff. And let me tell you, folks, if you haven't had a built puff yet, and you're seriously missing out on one of life's greatest joys. And they're incredibly healthy for you. They have 17 grams of protein in each and every bar, despite being made out of 100% chocolate. They only have 130 calories. What's not to like about Built Bar Puffs? They're seriously something you're not going to want to miss out on. Just sink your teeth into that first bite, and it's going to change your life forever. I'm not kidding. You're going to wonder how there was a time before your first Built Bar and the magical, wonderful time that comes afterwards. You're probably wondering which flavor of these is my favorite. It's honestly hard for me to choose. The cookie dough is always my personal preference. There was a lemon almond cheesecake bar that I just couldn't stop eating every day. My girlfriend regularly takes these on the go in the morning. Any flavor, I'm all in. Uh, and you got to be sure to go and take advantage of Built's incredible deal right now. They're offering 15% off your first order when you use the code LOCKDOWN15 at Built.com. 
Once again, you can get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKDOWN15 at Built.com. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, segment two, getting into some of the more negative takeaways that I had from last night's game. And there were a hefty amount of them. One of them that stuck out to me is Max Domi's incompetence with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone sometimes. And I thought he looked good in the first six, seven, eight games. He and Kaner obviously had established some chemistry. But I think it's starting to become more and more abundantly clear that Max Domi's just a little bit in over his head playing on the top line with Patrick Kane. And this isn't a knock on Max Domi. I'm really, I kind of made it sound rude when I said his incompetent play with the puck. I should more so phrase it as he's just not the type of player that should be playing with Patrick Kane. And I know the Blackhawks don't have many options right now. That's the roster that Kyle Davidson gave Luke Richardson going into this season. There's not a lot of options, but from what we've seen basically here in the start of November, since the Blackhawks offense has really been struggling, Max Domi just hasn't been making the right plays in the offensive zone. He passes whenever he should shoot. When he does shoot, he misses the net. I mean, Max Domi, other than the Blackhawks second line of Athanasiu, Taves, and Radish, Max Domi probably had the most look, the most scoring chances for the Blackhawks last night. And just regularly, he didn't make the correct play. And it's it's frustrating when, you know, you have a talent out there like Patrick Kane, who, you know, he, he plays with the puck a lot. And when he sets you up, you got to be looking to shoot it. You got to be aggressive. You can't be hesitant and in between deciding what you're going to do. Your mind has to already be made up. And it, it feels like Max Domi is just so hesitant whenever he has the puck on a stick in the offensive zone. Uh, a couple times last night, it was just really frustrating because the Blackhawks had something going on, and then all of a sudden, nothing happened. And I think it was Mario Tirabassi from CHGO Blackhawks kind of pointed this out. It, it's happened a few times in the last couple of games where Domi makes a really nice move around a defender. The Blackhawks have something going, like a three-on-two in transition in their O-zone, and then it all just kind of falls apart. He's able to do the first thing right, but he's not able to do the second. And it's just more so obvious now uh, that Max Domi, he's not a top-line player, and it feels like his inability to be that type of player is slowing down Patrick Kane right now because Kane has not been doing a whole lot here recently either. Uh, And I, I do wonder if the Blackhawks' coach Luke Richardson has considered putting Jonathan Taves as the center alongside Patrick Kane. And I know, especially with how good Jonathan Taves has looked here early on this season, that um, they they probably, Richardson probably prefers to have them split up and give the Hawks a little bit more depth on a couple of different lines. But if, if Max Domi keeps, you know, this type of play up and is slowing down Patrick Kane, who, you know, the Blackhawks really need to be producing if they want to even be competitive. Uh, Kaner needs to do more, and he's been way too quiet in his last five or six games, um, especially in the goal-scoring category. Like Patrick Kane hasn't had a lot of good looks himself because I feel like his line mates really aren't setting him up too often. Um, so I, I know I said that I think the second line of Athanasiu, Taves, and Radish deserves a couple more games to see if that's it. Well, if the top line isn't going, if Patrick Kane isn't going, 
in the next few games, you know, I think it's going to have to be time for a change because um, you need him. You need him going. You can tell he's getting frustrated out there. And again, the Blackhawks only have nine goals in seven games so far in this month. So uh, it's obviously not working too well at the moment. And I, I give Luke Richardson props actually for holding on to these forward lines for so long. And, you know, I understand why coaches would want to change things up so soon when it's not going well, but especially this early on in the season, sometimes you just need to let those things develop and uh, wait it out just a hair bit longer. But we're starting to get to that point where we're learning what's kind of happening with this team, who everybody is, what they're capable of. And I just think if Max Domi's not able to uh, kind of help that top line produce more in these next few games, I think Coach Luke Richardson might have to at least try out uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves on the top line. I also wanted to mention defensively for the Blackhawks last night was not a good game for Caleb Jones. He finished as a minus five was on the ice for all five St. Louis goals. And it was kind of weird to me because I was at the game last night and there were some really good plays that Caleb Jones made while the Blues were entering the D zone and um, interrupted some passes, broke some plays up, had an active stick. Like, I really do believe he did some things well last night, but it all comes down to the same thing that I've been talking about for basically the past two weeks since he returned to the lineup after being a healthy scratch. It's all about the consistency. And it feels like every other shift, there, there's no there's no telling what Caleb Jones is going to do on that shift. There are times where he looks like he should be an NHL lock. And then there are times where he looks like he's still an AHL or hasn't fully developed. And last night, there were just more of those moments than there were positives. And it's tough because, again, I thought he didn't have a horrendous game, but the lows were really low. You know, he got torched by Barbashev and a huge goal uh, to really take the Blackhawks out of it. Um, the the Pitlick goal, him and Regula were both kind of out of sorts there. Uh, kind of a toughie on the Ryan O'Reilly shorthanded goal. I actually thought he played it pretty decently. O'Reilly's just kind of the bigger man and got to the rebound in front. But it all just comes back to the defensive side of things for Caleb Jones. Again, there are going to be concerns, and he's, what, 23, 24 years old now. Uh, this was like a, a make-or-break season for him a little bit, and for him to still be this shoddy every night defensively, um, it's definitely got to be concerning. And given all the prospects that the Blackhawks have in Rockford right now, a lot of them knocking on the door, looking to become NHLers, you got to wonder what general manager Kyle Davidson is thinking, because. I don't think they're going to send Caleb down to the AHL. I know there's a lot of Blackhawks fans saying, trade him, cut him, let go of him right now. Um, they're not going to do that for a couple of different reasons. One, just getting rid of him for nothing wouldn't make any sense. Um, also, he's Seth's brother. I'm sure they're not just going to throw him out the door and Seth's going to be okay with it. And also, I believe he would have to, no, he would have to go through waivers if they wanted to send him to Rockford. So. Another team would probably take a chance on him, I'd assume, especially a team like, you know, Columbus, who's really thin on D right now. Ottawa's really thin, too. And you don't want to just give up guys for nothing. That's bad business. I don't care how much you hate Caleb Jones. That's bad business. So they're not going to send him to the AHL. I doubt that. But I, I do think he's in for 
a night or two up in the press box, maybe even Saturday against the Boston Bruins, because it just hasn't been good enough. And Philip Ruse, who's a guy who I think is actually low key, the same age as Caleb, or, you know, maybe just a little bit younger, but does have some professional experience over in Sweden before this year. And has been sturdier defensively than Caleb has been thus far. I get that Caleb can add things offensively, and that makes him a little bit more unique for what the Blackhawks have as a whole defensively at the moment. But if he's going to be a liability defensively, I don't know how you can move forward with confidence in him. So it's a tough start to Caleb Jones's make-or-break season, as I just put it. And I do expect him to be a healthy scratch for at least one, if not both games of the Blackhawks back-to-back over the weekend. But I also do want to note that earlier this morning, the Blackhawks reassigned fellow defenseman Alec Regula to the Rockford Ice Hogs of the AHL. They have not made a corresponding move yet. But I do wonder if one could be coming here in the next couple of days, the next week. Because Seth Jones is still going to be out for at least the next 10 to 14-ish days. Uh, Luke Richardson kind of provided a little bit of an update recently. He said that uh, an x-ray was a little bit shoddy and Jones is still feeling some normal discomfort in his thumb. So they're going to go ahead and x-ray him again here in, again, 10 to 14 days. So with that being the estimated timeline for Seth Jones right now, and Regula now officially in Rockford, that leaves the Blackhawks with six defensemen on at the NHL level right now. And, you know, obviously one of those is a youngster in Philip Ruse, who they do like a lot, but I don't know if they want to be playing him every single night. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen to the Blackhawks roster here in the next few days. And one thing I wanted to make sure all of you Blackhawks fans know Of course, on injured reserve right now is not only Seth Jones, but Tyler Johnson and Alex Stalock. At the moment, the Blackhawks have 21 players of 23 possible on their active roster. They have 13 forwards, six defensemen, and two goaltenders. Now, Tyler Johnson, he's been back at practice wearing, you know, the regular full contact sweater. He's been practicing as a full participant. So he should be near hearing a return soon here, I guess probably after the weekend, maybe he'll even get in there for one of those games, possibly not entirely sure. But once Johnson gets activated off of injured reserve, he's going to be the 14th forward on the NHL roster. And I I just talked about how the Blackhawks have six defensemen. Once Alex Stalock gets healthy, you know that Arvid Soderbloom is going back to Rockford. That's been the plan all along for him. Uh, if Stalock nor Morazic hadn't suffered injuries, we wouldn't have even seen Arvid Soderbloom up at the NHL so far. So don't be surprised or don't be frustrated when that move happens because it's going to. When Stalock is healthy, uh, Arvid Soderbloom is going back to the Rockford Ice Hogs. But Seth Jones is still going to be out for quite a while, and that's going to put the Blackhawks, you know, still have one available roster spot potentially. So we'll see. Maybe. Uh, Maybe they they call someone up like Jakob Galvis for a few days or Isaac Phillips because it feels like once Seth Jones does return, we're not sure entirely when that's going to be. Someone's going to get sent down. Don't know if it's going to be Philip Roos or what's the situation, but it's going to be interesting. Maybe they call up Galvis. Maybe they call up someone like Isaac Phillips. They also could call up Ian Mitchell, who just recently returned from his wrist injury that 
cost him all of training camp, all of the preseason, the start of the regular season. But he just had a monster day yesterday for the Ice Hogs, a four-point showing for Ian Mitchell, two power play goals, two assists. I believe he's got five points in three or four games since returning. We might be seeing Ian Mitchell here pretty soon. I don't know if Luke Richardson wants, or not Luke Richardson, excuse me, Kyle Davidson wants to give him a little bit more time at the AHL level to ensure that he's fully ready to go whenever the Blackhawks do inevitably call him up. Um, Maybe that's something that'll keep, that will prevent Mitchell from coming up right now, but I'm definitely interested to see what he has to offer, especially when, you know, Caleb Jones has been playing well as of late. And we kind of know a little bit more about Caleb than we do about Mitchell already. And one of my, uh, one of the listeners out there mentioned a great point earlier too, that I wanted to be sure to bring up. What's the worst thing that can happen? I mean, it would suck if Ian Mitchell plays poorly, no doubt about it. I'd be very disappointed if he has a difficult time because it's kind of a make-or-break season for him too. But at the end of the day, if he plays poorly and the Blackhawks lose, it's not the end of the world. We at least get to know what we have with some of these prospects, whereas we kind of know what Caleb Jones is already. So that's kind of my personal take on it. Uh, We'll see if the Blackhawks do wind up calling up Ian Mitchell here in the next couple of days. They have the room to do so now that Alec Regula has been sent down to the AHL and Seth Jones still sounds like he's going to be out for at least the next week and a half to two weeks and possibly even longer. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, November 17th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now wherever you get your podcasts, and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Thank you all again for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Now, for your second listen, make sure to go and check out Lockdown Sports today, the biggest stories in sports with insight and game recaps that only Lockdown can provide. It's free and available on this app, on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to go and check out Lockdown Sports today. Once again, from Jack Bushman of Lockdown Blackhawks, thank you all again for tuning into today's episode, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.